Would you stand with us as we worship the Lord? Amen. What a blessing. You know, we, we join with, don't forget, you're joining with millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people that agree that Jesus is worthy of our praise this morning on a Sunday morning on planet Earth. And we're a part of a really big, big family in an eternal kingdom. Isn't that good news? Yes. This song we're going to start with, uh, you might not know it, but it's from Psalm 145, One Generation. And I love how generational our worship here is. Uh, we'll declare his mighty acts to the, to the next. So let me just sing the chorus for you real quick, and then you'll, you'll catch on. It just goes, Giving you glory honor blessing and praise together we'll pass it on the greatness of your ways that's it giving you glory
beautiful verse this is. And when I think, and when I think that God, His Son, not sparing, sent Him to die, I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, He bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Yeah. How great, how great, how great thou art. How great, how great, how great thou art. Yes. How great, how great, how great thou art. How great, how great, how great thou art. Hold on a second. When Christ shall come, right? We all know this verse. You know, one of the most powerful things that ever happened to me in my life is when I was a child, I would watch my parents worship and I would sing because my parents told me who Jesus was and they told me how I should live. But when I saw that they had a relationship with Jesus, that they would pour out their hearts to him, that he was precious to them, that they would adore him and love him. It was the most powerful thing. And as we have all our generations here together, I want your children to see you singing and pouring out your heart to God today and loving him and adoring him. Yeah, let's applaud that we can do that today. And I mean, what could be better than to, in faith, thank him for his second coming that's yeah. coming soon. So this, this lovely little living room right here is about to be full of the sounds of the praises of the generations worshiping God right now, right now. You ready? And when Christ shall come, here we go. And when Christ shall come, we want to hear you. Come on, church.
church, will you? Lord, we thank you that you are great. We glorify your name in this house this morning. We bow before you in reverence and in worship because of who you are. And you've gathered us. Lord, we sense your presence already this morning. And we ask that you would continue now to bless, speak to our hearts, give us a vision for what you have for our lives not only for today, but in the days ahead. And we ask it, and the church said, Amen. You may be seated.
may it be true of us, Lord. Well, many years ago, I was um, I was in the Philippines, and I I was actually staying at an orphanage, and um, there was a um, a little boy uh, came up to me and he introduced himself to me. He said, "Hi, my name is Jerry." Jerry was about seven years old. And he said, uh, we're friends, right? Jerry was just a little orphan boy, and actually he had no parents. And, and uh, a Christian lady took him into this orphanage, to this house, just to love him and take care of him. And he didn't even know his last name. So he introduced himself to me, and he said, my name's Jerry, we're friends, right? I said, sure, yes, that's right, Jerry, we're friends. So guys, then about an hour later, he came running up to me. And he said, tell me, what's my name? And I said, oh, Lord, help me remember this orphan's name. And I remember, your name's Jerry. He said, that's right. We're friends, right? I said, that's right, Jerry. I kid you not, two hours later, he comes running up to me. Tommy, what's my name? I said, Jerry, you know I know your name. Jerry, he goes, that's right. He said, we're friends, right? I said, that's right, Jerry, we're friends. And then we stayed there, and the next day, and then all of a sudden I realized, Jerry just wants to be known. He's one of the most unknown people in the world. He wants to hear the sound of his name. He wants to know that he's loved and cherished as well. And you know, one of the most remarkable and unique things about our Christian faith is, is the God that we serve and the God that we just finished worshiping is a personal God. He's a relational God. He's not just the creator. He says, when you pray to me, say, our Father who art in heaven, he is the Father God. He, he knows you and he loves you. He knows everything about you. And some of you, may feel forgotten in your family, you may feel forgotten in your job and in your life, but he hasn't forgotten you and he knows you and he loves you with an everlasting love. Isn't that wonderful that he knows your name? And I told Jerry, I said, Jerry, I do know your name, but there's one much greater than me who will never forget your name. And no matter what anybody says about you, you're not an accident. God made you and cherishes you and loves you forever. So may God's love just pour over all of us as we sing. I have a maker. He formed my heart. Before even time My life was in his hand. So we say, he knows my name. He knows my thought. He sees each tear that falls. I have a father, and I have a father. He calls me his own. He calls me his own. Dear
Amen. That's good news, isn't it? Amen. All right, so is this how this works? I'm going to start preaching up a storm, and so now the kids can go if you want to go or whatever. <laughs> and that was a joke. But um, I'm just going to share a little thought with you, and um, don't worry, I have so much firepower on the stage, but the last thing we need to do is let these guys just sit here and listen to me talk and not be blessed by their gifts. So I'm just going to share a thought about the, the power of worship uh, in your personal life. And um, it, uh, you know, we often, we often talk about how I have a, a personal relationship with Jesus. But um, many of us don't really have a, a very vital relationship with him where we, when we pray, we actually learn to listen to his voice and we, and, uh, we, we, we really have that sense of seeking after knowing and identifying his presence in our lives. And um, I've found that that when I do my, my Bible reading in the morning, and I, it, one, thing, one great thing about COVID for me, you know, I was like stuck in my house for two years. I, my devotional time, my personal devotional time has like gotten really consistent. I mean, I'm just, right? Because I'm not going anywhere. So thank God for that. I've really been, been uh, spending a, a lot less hurried time with the Lord, but I can hear him speak to me many times like, um, Tommy, I'm, here's a truth about my word I'm giving to you, but you need to worship me. And I'll just stop and I'll just begin to, to sing. Maybe it'll just be a, a, a verse I read and I'll sing it instead and I'll, or a worship song I know. And it's really developed my, uh, my personal relationship with him. So just real quick, a few things about how, why worship is so powerful in our lives. Number one is when we worship, we declare the truth. I don't know if you've noticed, but the, the media, there's a, there's a big world out there that wants you to stop believing what you w walked in this room believing. They want you to think that you're crazy and you're out of my, you're, your mind and give it up and, and uh, all those things about you circumstances, people, all kinds of things in your life is battling against you that your faith would go down lower and lower and lower, be more discouraged, more full of doubt. But when you come here and you, you gather and you worship, guess what we've been doing this whole time? We've been declaring things that are true about God. We've been declaring that he knows your name. We've been declaring how great of his greatness. We've been declaring how on that day, He'll return, we'll bow, and we'll see his face. We've been declaring about how our sins are forgiven. All these amazing things about God. And here's what's important. This is why I keep bugging you guys about singing louder, okay? Did you know, well, according to Google, which I'm sure is wrong, but it's got to be close. I just, I just Googled how many times is, is uh, um, the word sing mentioned in the Bible, and it was over 200 times. Anyways... When you sing, it requires your body, your soul, and your spirit. Every part of your, it's a very interesting thing, every part of you has to get involved in it. So it's one thing to hear the truth, but it's another thing to speak the truth and sing the truth and shout the truth because it, it involves all, every fiber of your being. And um, so when you come and you, you tell yourself, okay, I don't feel like worshiping this morning. I'm, I'm really tired. I'm whatever. I'm discouraged. And you make that decision and you're going to sing, how great thou art. Just right there. How great thou art. And when I think that God is son not sparing for me. It's different because it's coming out of my mouth. It's powerful. It creates, it grows your personal relationship with God when you let his truth come out of your mouth. And by the way, one more thing. When you come to this place and you choose to worship, just think of how it builds my faith. 
Think how it builds the faith of the person next to you. That's one of the powerful things about coming to church. You're standing there, and you guys are a part of a small community. And one of the most beautiful things about that is you know each other's stories. And when you see Susie sitting over there, and you know what she's going through, and she's battling through a really tough situation, and she's just pouring out her heart to God. You think, wow, look at that person just trusting God in the midst of all this and just speaking out what's true about him. My faith is lifted. I'm built up. When you come to church, don't only come to church to get your blessing, but to give away his blessing. Somebody say amen right there. All right. Another thing that happens when we worship is evangelism happens. I, it's no wonder I became a worship leader because I was in the midst of a worship service when I was a kid. And the first time I ever heard the voice of God, I heard God say to me, Tommy, I love you. Tommy, I have a plan for your life. The God of my parents, the God of the Bible and history that I knew everything about spoke to me in the midst of a worship service. And I gave my life to him in the midst of a worship song. When we worship, we put on display. We say, look, everybody. You know, this is really funny, but how many of you have seen uh, the, uh, the movie uh, Elf? Anybody seen that movie? You're all ashamed. I know I didn't see that movie. <laughs> Do you remember the scene where they said, Santa Claus is coming to town, right? And then Elf is there. He's like, I know him. I know him. That's kind of, to me, what it is when we worship we're like, look, everybody, I know him. I know him. <laughs> I know this Jesus. I don't know. Je I don't only know about him. I didn't just hear a story about him. I didn't just read a Bible verse about him, but I know him. And I want you to see that he's knowable. And when you worship, you put that on display. You put... It's like the gospel in motion. You're saying, look, through the blood of Jesus, what he's done for us on the cross to forgive us of our sins, he's inviting us into a relationship with him. And look, I have it, and you can have it too. You become an evangelist when you choose to worship. Spiritual war warfare is worship just in this thing. This is a big thing my wife, Robin, and I talk about all the time. You need to think about what you're thinking about. You know, we, we're in this time where like anxiety is epic proportions. People are so worried about COVID, so worried about the economy, so worried about politics, so worried about their children, so many things, and we're just anxious. We have to control our minds, but you can't just say, Tommy, stop thinking about that. You have to be active. And so you have to choose to fill your mind up with what's true about God and his faithfulness. You need to remember the things he's done. And when you begin to worship, it transfers, it goes, the, the anxiety leaves and the truth comes. That's spiritual warfare, part of worship. It's powerful in your life. And um, my fourth point is, is what I've been talking about anyways. It just brings intimacy with God. Psalms 24, verse 14, friendship with the Lord is with those who fear him. And to them, he gives the secrets of his covenant. You ever been in worship, and it's not necessarily even an intellectual word. It's just an inner knowing. He's here. I'm here. I'm with you. You can sense the weight of his glory. It's, I am his and he is mine, right? It's the secret, even deeper, even better than some sort of intellectual thing. It's even deeper than that. Those are the secrets of his covenant. And they come to those who fear him, those who reverence him. And you could say to those who worship him, I don't even understand it. But when we worship God, we know we bring his his presence inhabits his praises of his people, and he comes and he whispers those things to us. How desperately we need those secrets of his covenant. Amen? Intimacy will grow. Um, the other thing that worship brings, it brings the, I like to call it the oohs and the ahs, the wonder of God. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all 
in all the earth. And um, that's, that's why God gives us also the gift of, of, um, of music and the arts and ways of expressing worship to him because it brings the, the wonder. You know, when you were a child, it was a lot easier to stare up at the stars and just think, wow, God is amazing. And you just have that child, simple-like faith that, by the way, Jesus says it's required. But we become bored with God. I mentioned it yesterday. We shrink him down to our own size so we can understand everything. But worship is the opposite. Worship, a heart that is a worshiping heart, enjoys everything it could never comprehend about God. It's like, yes, I can't even fathom how great God is. I came into church thinking God was this, and I left after worship going, oh, wow, he's, he's this and so much more. That's the kind of people we want to be, a people that are in awe and wonder, embracing the greatness, the unfathomable greatness of God, living like a child in awe and wonder. Worship brings that to your life. Very important. You're not going to keep following a God that you're not even impressed with, that you're kind of bored with, that you've kind of figured out how to control. But you will follow and bow down to a God that you're in awe of. Um, my last point is worship brings endurance. And um, as I've gotten older, I've also learned to really, I really want to honor and um, all of you who are older than me and you're sitting here because you've, you've run a long race and you're still in the race and you've endured hardship that a lot of younger people could never fathom but you haven't left you're still here and i honor you and i i salute you and congratulations and way to go to be an example to your church congregation hey young people stick with it let's do this all the way to the end but hebrews 12 2 says let's fix our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of our faith where you have, have your gaze fixed controls your life. And worship is a lot about gazing. It's all about where we put our focus. And when we focus on the beauty and glory of God, it, it helps us see the end game, right? Like you can endure a lot if you have hope. You can endure a lot if you can see good things ahead. And if you can see the, the promise and blessing and joy of heaven coming your way, which comes when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we, we can endure so much. But if we become uh, discouraged, living in despair with no hope because our eyes is just constantly on everything that's wrong, uh, we will despair. But um, team, you can come back up now. But... If you can fix your eyes on Jesus, you'll be filled with hope. And, um, <clears throat> and, and lastly, it brings the joy of the Lord, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. By the way, joy is serious business. Don't even think about it. If you think you can do this Christian life with no joy, well, for one, I hope you don't do it around me, but um, I'm not kidding. Take it serious. What's your joy level? Lord, bring me your joy. I want to be a joy bringer. and a jo I want to be a joy receiver and a joy bringer. And, um, and God will do that. So in your personal devotional time and when you come and meet at this place, if you're thinking worship is important, I hope you leave, go out of here realizing it's even more important. I need to be a worshiper. I want everyone to know me as a passionate worshiper. I want my kids to have known that I was one who cherished Jesus and adored him and loved him and worshiped him. And I lived with joy and endurance and all those things and wonder because I was a worshiper. Amen? amen. Every good preacher needs a good amen, right? <laughs> amen. All right. I'm going to have... Um, 
Eileen uh, share and sing a song she wrote called uh, What Do You Say? And you can tell the story and you can start doing your magic on the keys. And what a blessing to be with youth. And uh, we've really, we've really honestly just really enjoyed getting to know some of you and being out of the city. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, I'm going to sing a song called What Do You Say? And it kind of, we didn't plan any of this. Everything's kind of in the moment, but kind of goes well with what he's saying of um, really having an intimate relationship with the Lord and a personal relationship with the Lord in the way that worship goes with that because it's really the testimony of this song is uh, my best friend passed away when we were 18. And because I know Jesus and love him, right after that happened it was straight to worship it was straight to Jesus I love you it was straight to Jesus I need you straight to um, his presence and really out of that came um, just months of doing that but towards January she passed away in November I remember I went to the piano and I was just having really one of the worst days of grief that I'd had it was just so hard and um, I just went to the piano and I was like Lord I need your perspective because I'm so mad and I'm so sad and I'm so confused. So what do you say? And I just sat at the piano and over and over and over and over again, I just sang, what do you say? What do you say? What do you say? I'm going to wait. What do you say? And I remember, I remembered in that moment, the Holy Spirit reminded me that in Psalm 34, it says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. So I knew that that was true. And I knew that, I know the word says that his word will not return void. So I sat there and I waited and I listened and it was really just one of the most holy, just beautiful moments of the Lord coming in and truly singing to me the chorus of this song that just says, I'm the God who's close to the brokenhearted. I'm the God who weeps with those who weep. I'm the God who knows suffering and pain. I'm the God who always stays. And I'd gone through that day and I wasn't agreeing with the truth. I was thinking God was mad at me. I was thinking I was doing everything wrong, but the Lord came in such kindness and such just nearness and mercy and whispered, this song that's really just a miracle. So if you if you have gone through tragedy or grief or loss or you're in it right now or really it lasts for the, your whole life, so even if you've ever gone through anything like that, as I sing this, I just pray that you just claim this song as your own. I know this was like a moment with me and the Lord, but you just take it. This is Him singing it over you right now, and He loves you. And what do you say? What do you say when all I feel is pain? What do you say? What do you say when I can't see your face? Mm -hmm. You say, I'm God who's close to the broken hearted and I'm the God who weeps with those who weep and I'm the God who knows your suffering and pain yeah I'm the God who's always gonna stay and that's where you Thank you. 
side. Let's stand up and sing it together. All great is thy faithfulness. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies Turn it. 
turning back No turning back No turning back
prayer this morning we've sung it but we've also declared it and so as we're going out in your name Lord we know you're before us behind us beside us we are refreshed we are filled with hope we go with endurance because you've promised never to leave us over sin Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Cause us to be your witness in this world. And all God's people said, Amen. If you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. Otherwise, let's give them a big hand. Thank you, guys. You are dismissed.